You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostraker of Ravens Wire. We're on episode two now, and we still have so much to talk about. Yesterday, we got into some practice breakdowns, some trade breakdowns, and today, we're just going to get right into it because there was a rumor spreading that came from not a very legit account, but it still raised some questions, and maybe it could happen in the future. We're going to get into that Jadavian Clowney rumor if everybody's heard of it, or if you haven't, we're going to talk about it, break it down, what what it could mean. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about what happened in practice yesterday. And we're also going to look at the left guard competition because that's an area where the Ravens might have to look for some outside help if their internal options don't work out. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, again, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Megaphone, Player FM for all the latest up-to-date podcasts. Right when they're out, you get them. Follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnRavens. There we also post the podcast. I also put polls up, the latest news, latest opinions, latest trends, game breakdowns. I'll be doing live game breakdowns once the preseason games get into swing and the regular season games get into swing as well. So that's going to be fun. Follow us there. Let's get right into this episode. Again, I'm Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and this is your Locked on Ravens lead story. We're going with the Jadavian Clowney rumor. A Twitter account posted that Ravens cornerback Jimmy Smith left the practice field without a trainer and that rumors were swirling that a trade is incoming involving Texans linebacker Jadavian Clowney. He does mention that there are no official reports. It was just rumors. A lot of other accounts have downplayed this. There have been multiple reports of what the package could have been. This is First and foremost, a rumor. It has not happened. Apparently, it's not close to happening. These are just, this is just talk. This is just talk. This happens when the offseason is slow. We're waiting for the preseason to end, to get into regular season games. It's very well known that Jadavian Clowney is holding out after being placed under the franchise tag. He'll be making $16 million, but he's hoping to get a long term deal. Something around the lines of what now Chicago Bears star Khalil Mack got from the Raiders, which was a six-year, $141 million contract extension. He really set the market. Khalil Mack set the market. People are going to take advantage of that, just like Le'Veon Bell set the running back market. Jadavian Clowney wants to get Khalil Mack money. The Texans don't seem like they're open to giving it to him because Clowney does have a decent injury history. But when he's on the field, He is a game changer, and he can put up numbers. Him and J.J. Watt next to each other have proven to be a deadly combination in the Texans' front lines. Overall, in his career, Jadavion Clowney has 29 career sacks, including 18.5 sacks in his past two years. He's made the Pro Bowl in each of the last three seasons, and he's a game changer. He's fast off the edge, but he can also overpower you with brute force. Kind of like the Jalen Ferguson scattering report, although Clowney is a little bit more of a prototypical pass rusher, whereas Jalen Ferguson can play the edge, he can play defensive end, whereas Jadavian Clowney would slide in right on the opposite side of Matthew Judon if this trade were to happen. There have been some reports that the package would be Jimmy Smith and a second and a fifth round pick. 
Now, we can get into the details about whether this trade would be good for the Ravens, whether giving up Jimmy Smith a second and a fifth would be too much to give up for a pass rusher that, although has production, has a bit of an injury history. We're going to talk about all of that. First, let's get into trading Jimmy Smith. Can the Ravens afford to trade Jimmy Smith if it's for a player like Jadavian Clowney? I think the answer is an absolute yes. I am one of Jimmy Smith's biggest fans. I love what he's brought to this organization ever since he's, he's gotten here. He was a little bit of a character concern coming out of college, but he has shaped up and he has become a leader on this defense, really shaping the tone and the culture that Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Adelius Thomas, Haloti Nada, Terrell Suggs have all left. He's embodied that. But the fact of the matter is, Jimmy Smith is getting older. He's getting to be kind of an injury liability. He's had a few Achilles injuries, we know that, but he's still a productive player when he's on the field. In his career, he's had 13 interceptions, which might seem like a low number for what's considered a shutdown cornerback, but he's really a player that quarterbacks don't throw it often because of that risk of getting interceptions, so he doesn't get enough opportunities to pick off passes so that he can inflate his stats. With that being said, the Ravens have a surplus at cornerback. They have Marlon Humphrey. They have Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr is also a little bit older, but Jimmy Smith is a free agent next year. And the Ravens have to decide, do they want to trade a player at a surplus position like cornerback for a player like Clowney, who is at a position where the Ravens have a lot of options, but none of them are as good as Clowney. And if you put Jadavian Clowney and Matthew Judon on the same front seven, and have them rushing the passer with Brandon Williams, Chris Warmly, Willie Henry, and then being able to rotate out a McPhee, a Jalen Ferguson, Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams, that's a deadly combination while you still have Taylon Young in the slot with Humphrey and Carr, Anthony Averett, Maurice Kennedy, Justin Bethel. You have all of these options. So if you're trading Jimmy Smith, you're doing it for a player like Jadavian Clowney because the Ravens don't have that stud outside linebacker outside of Matthew Judon. And this defense is priding itself on being the number one defense, but there needs to be a pass rush like we saw last year. Sometimes they even struggled to get to the quarterback, and it hurt them because they would get burned for long plays that would essentially have been coverage sacks if the Ravens could just get one player to the quarterback. You see the Ravens have Tyus Bowser, who has three and a half sacks in his career, only had a half a sack last year. Tim Williams only had two sacks in his entire career. Both came last year. Pernell McPhee, who the team signed, came back to Baltimore, has 31 sacks in his career, but only 14 of them have come outside Baltimore. So if the Ravens could get a player like Clowney, the only question is, what's the package? Jimmy Smith, a second-round pick would be a steep price to pay, along with a fifth, although you can kind of offset the fifth because the team got a fifth for Kari Vedvik. It's a still a steep price to pay, plus you have to commit a long-term deal to him around what Khalil Mack got. You have to really trust that Clowney will be in tip-top shape, he will not miss games, and he will be a productive pass rusher. He wants Khalil Mack money. He has to perform like Khalil Mack. This is all speculation at this point, obviously, but it's a interesting thing to talk about because... The Ravens do have a surplus of cornerback, and that's one of their absolute strengths. But if they can parlay that strength into getting a player at a weakness and then strengthening that weak position, the Ravens should at least kick the tires. The Dolphins are also interested. If the Ravens can pull off a deal for Clowney, I think it would help this team 
I think having a stud pass rusher with two star cornerbacks would be more effective than having one star pass rusher with three good cornerbacks, just because of the depth that the Ravens have at the position. I admit that having a three cornerback star rotation means that there are less snaps to be played for each, which means higher level of play in the fourth quarter. But the Ravens can do that with players like Anthony Averett and Maurice Kennedy and still have Clowney as the pass rusher there. So I think, I think it's an interesting idea. I'm very glad it was at least brought up. And fans seem to be behind the trade just because Clowney is that much of a game changer. And he can really set quarterbacks down. He can disrupt in the backfield. And I think he'd be a great addition to the team. So we're going to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to analyze the Ravens' practice yesterday, what happened, what were the big plays, who stepped up, who didn't play well, and get into that. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the bedroom again. Remember Blue Chew? Blue Chew, like the color blue? Right, well, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients like Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. And welcome back, everybody. We're going to get into the Ravens practice, what happened yesterday, and we're going to talk about Miles Boykin because Miles Boykin, the rookie wide receiver out of Notre Dame, has stood out in training camp. He caught a couple of good passes, a couple good slot passes against Marlon Humphrey, who is by far having the best training camp of any cornerback on the Ravens roster. And Boykin really believes that he steps up when he faces higher competition. In an article by BaltimoreRavens.com, Boykin said that he loves the competition. He loves going up against Humphrey because he believes he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and he wants to go and prove it. He thinks that going up against these high-level cornerbacks, he's not going to improve if he faces low-tier cornerbacks because he's just going to dominate. And this is the mindset that young players have to have if they want to succeed in this league because you can dominate against low-tier cornerbacks in practice, but once you get into the games and you face a Marlon Humphrey, a Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman, you name it, they're going to dominate you. So the fact that Miles Boykin has call it a luxury, the luxury of going up against the Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr in practice, it's really stepped up his game. And we saw that in the preseason game. You know, he seemed a little nervous in his first preseason game, looked a little anxious, dropped a pass, but then he came back and really delivered, had a touchdown that was called back, but he made some as contested catches and is showing why the Ravens picked him over a bunch of receivers who were a little bit more proven. John Harbaugh said that sometimes the coaches can do it, and the coaches can improve these players, but sometimes the players just do it themselves by going up against this great competition. Boinkin yesterday made his best catch when he reached for a touchdown grab in the corner of the end zone on a play where Stanley Jean-Baptiste had great coverage on him, but it didn't even matter because Boinkin always uses his long wingspan to shield off the defenders and comes down, gets a 
the possession with two feet, and he's a great possession receiver, but he also is that big body receiver who you want to have. Blinken is just a player who hopefully him and Marquise Brown can be a dynamic duo once, of course, Brown gets healthy, but it's very interesting to see that a receiver like Boinkin, who had some injuries with his fingers at Notre Dame, but he comes out against this rotation of Ravens cornerbacks and just dominates. That's something that's great to see, especially out of a rookie, and especially where the Ravens have had trouble developing their own wide receivers. So that's a great trend. I'm looking forward to see what Boinkin can do in the second preseason game, whether he can continue his hot start. Also, the Ravens secondary, we talked about it. We talked about how great it is. It's not just the Marlon Humphrey show. There are a lot of players in the secondary who make plays. Anthony Levine Sr. anticipated a pass by Lamar Jackson, and he would have taken that to the house for a pick six. It seems like, really, Lamar Jackson, Trace McSorley, even Robert Griffin III were having some good practices against the secondary, but over the past week, it seems like the secondary has dominated all the headlines highlighted by Marlon Humphrey, but players like Anthony Levine, who's a Swiss Army knife who can play all over the field, players like Deshaun Elliott, players like Cyrus Jones, who has value both on defense and special teams. The secondary is not going to go away, and once the season comes, they're not going to go quietly. They're going to make sure that receivers are clamped down all game, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Also, speaking of Marquise Hollywood-Brown, he was not at practice yesterday. He has been re- Covering from his foot injury, obviously, as we all know. John Harbaugh wasn't too specific getting into it, but he said that he was recovering. I think this is just a rest day. Just get two days of practice in and then just ease him into the regular season. You want to play it safe. I'm totally okay with giving him a few off days, even though I'm excited to see what he can do. But with Marquise Brown not practicing, Michael Floyd had a great day. He had a leaping catch over cornerback Terrell Bonds. And he's been looking better over the past few weeks. He's a player who's vying for a roster spot, a veteran who was signed along with Seth Roberts. He's looking for a roster spot. So with Marquise Brown not practicing, Floyd stepped up and he took his chance and he ran with it. Willie Steen made a nice catch. Justin Bethel, who's known for his special teams play, he's been a three-time Pro Bowler at special teams. He made a nice interception. Seth Roberts also wasn't at practice. Marshall Yonda wasn't at practice. Michael Judon, Tavon Young, Maurice Kennedy, Amon Marshall. These guys are most likely just getting veteran days off. John Harbaugh said that the team doesn't have any serious injuries, which is a great sign. We all know that the Ravens can be sometimes a bit plagued with injuries, but so far it's been a relatively healthy training camp. It's going to be great to see what this team can do fully healthy because I believe if, if they can stay mostly healthy, this team will do great things. So when we get back, We're going to talk about the left guard situation. There was a big development in practice with an undrafted guard, so we're going to get into that. I'm saving the best story for last, so stay tuned for that. But before we go to break, the new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back. We're going to talk about the left guard situation because it's a little complicated. The last story at practice was that left guard Patrick McCarry out of Cal had ran with the ones. He looked good in the game against Jacksonville. He had a good practice two days ago. 
So John Harbaugh said that they were going to give him a shot. They did it. And there was no word on how he actually looked, but he ran with the ones. He showed that he deserved at least a shot to do it by performing well. And the Ravens' mantra is if you perform well, you're going to earn practice time with the first team. That's exactly what he did here. He's one of those players who maybe he can be a diamond in the rough, another undrafted player who can make an impact because so far the Ravens' competition at left guard hasn't been all that inspiring from reports. Left guard Jermaine Illuminor, who was picked out of London a few years ago, went to Texas A&M. He hasn't had a great camp. He's had a lot of false starts. He didn't look eye-popping in the game against the Jaguars. James Hurst, who has a lot of starts under his belt, both at the guard and tackle positions. He hasn't been eye-popping. Bradley Bozeman is primarily a center, but the team tried him out at left guard last year. And so they're trying to work him back in as a center, really, to back up Matt Skura. You have Ben Powers, who was the Ravens' fourth-round selection, who has looked good, but as I said last episode, the Ravens might not want to start three young players on the offensive line where there's a young quarterback. That's That might be a concern for them. It might not be, but that's just my guess. I think that in an ideal world, the Ravens will give Illuminor a chance, and if Illuminor doesn't work out, they're going to give Hurst a chance because they want that veteran presence along the line. Hurst is a big-bodied guy. He can hold his own, and the Ravens trust him because he's shown that he can do it in the past. Illuminor has a lot less experience when he's come into games. He's really only been as a backup. He hasn't really started. So look for the Ravens to really keep an eye on that guard position. If it's not working in the first few weeks, they might go out and make a trade. Maybe at the trade deadline, they might try to bring in some outside help. The only problem with bringing in outside help is the best option is Vladimir Dukas, who was just cut by the Bills a few days ago. And he's not all that inspiring. He had a good first year with the Bills, but lost his starting job halfway through the year last year and really didn't have a place on that team with the Bills bringing in a lot of new offensive linemen to pretty much revamp their lineman room. He's really the best option. You have Jeff Allen, formerly of the Chiefs. He hasn't really been all that inspiring over the last few years, but you're looking at really the Ravens have to trust who they have. They've gotten pretty far with that mindset of bringing up your own players and making sure that you show that you trust your players because that unlocks a whole different gear for these guys. If you can show them that you trust them through the mistakes, just like with Lamar Jackson, when John Harbaugh decided to keep him in that playoff game, it showed Lamar Jackson that Harbaugh trusts him even when there are bumpy roads. So this might just be a Lumonor's bumpy road. It might just be James Hurst's bumpy road, and maybe they're going to get better. We just have to wait and see, and we just have to hope that they will get better. There's another episode of Locked On Ravens. I hope you enjoyed. We're one day closer to preseason football and one day closer to the regular season starting. Be sure to stay tuned. We're going to get into previewing the preseason game tomorrow, looking for some key matchups, some key players to watch, who might be in the roster bubble. So have a great rest of your day, and I will see you tomorrow.